And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. The picture that you see is uh, our answer to Chicken City. There is a senior office dog doing what he does best. And yes, yeah, that's 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 our security in a nutshell right there. Um, <laughs> Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the program. Glad to have all of you here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea, captains, courageous, and princes of the universe. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor-in-chief here. (coughs) Did I get enough sleep? Dave asks. No, I did not. Um... We went and did the loadout for the Motley Crew Poison Joan Jet Def Leppard concert last night. And I did not get home until 4 a.m. So I'm I'm dragging a little bit. We are live uh, broadcasting to Odyssey YouTube and Facebook. And it looks like it looks like everything's working. We're also, uh, this show is also available on uh, various different podcast platforms. We do invite you to, uh, to check that out if you, uh, if you prefer podcasts over video. Um, I do have more of, a, more of a face for radio. That's how I got started. Oh, so many years ago. I want to give a shout out to some of our listeners. We've got people in Canada, UK, Germany, Poland, Russia, Spain, Nigeria popping up on the map this week for uh, some listeners over there. Welcome to all of you. Uh, What a day. What, What a day. So, yesterday... Uh, well, I got, I got some, I, I got, a, I got an update first. I got a little bit of a follow-up because last night during the Ranker Pit, we were talking about a new piece of artwork that is, uh, gracing the apparel from the company results. And apparently somebody has taken it, uh, upon themselves. Someone has taken the Return of the Jedi poster that features Slave Leia and has replaced Slave Leia with Hoth Leia. Uh, and this Hoth Leia looks rather pensive. This is taken from the moment when they're about to close the the, bla- the the shield doors for the night while Han and Luke are still out there. So when the camera pushes in and she's looking all worried and scared and tense, that's the, that's the Leia that they've replaced Slave Leia with. Not even from the same movie. And as we were discussing last night, I mentioned that uh, the the original artwork, the original poster artwork, was from Drew Struzan. That turns out to be incorrect. So I wanted to correct the record uh, on that because it is uh, it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we get things right and that uh, we're correct. And if we make a mistake, that it's uh, it's it's addressed and stuff. Uh, but Drew Struzan Drew actually even responded in a thread this morning. The artwork is Kazuhiko Sano, who did the poster for Return of the Jedi. So I want to just make sure that we're all on the up and up. And, you know, I'll own my mistakes when I know that I've made one. So so there we are. By the way, you can watch The Ranker Pit. It is, uh, it is out there uh, in the ether. So you can check that out. We did talk a little bit about some Star Wars stuff last night. And... There was discussion about merch. We've actually talked about making a t-shirt. 
kind of going off of the Marvel Ask Me About My Feminist Agenda t-shirt that Mockingbird wore uh, in at the height of the Me Too movement. We've we've talked about putting together a t-shirt that says Ask Me About the Gungan Seahorse Theory. So, who knows? We might actually start selling some merch. Maybe 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 finally start selling some coffee mugs or something. I don't know. Or maybe we'll sell copies of my book. I am the author. I am an author, self-published, the hero at the end of his rope, available on Amazon. I'll put that plug in there. Why not? I mean, this is the time, right? The discussion is out there about creators owning their own IPs and doing their own thing and being entrepreneurs. Of course, if you're Eric July, you're doing it wrong, at least according to the people in the know. Uh, I've seen a number of discussion threads and comments, people uh, questioning the numbers on ISOM number one, which is currently sitting at $2.74 million. Let's do a refresh. $2.789 million. And it says here, the books, items will ship August of 2022. So we're just weeks away. From books going out, t-shirts going out, hats going out. So uh, so I expect to see a, a lot of uh, photographs out there in the world when people start getting their stuff. We'll see. But people are questioning the numbers. And they're saying, well, I've, you know, 31,000 purchases. How do we know? It's not verified by third party. And Rich Johnson finally had to acknowledge this in a story over at Bleeding Cool. <sighs> It's, it's just part and parcel of the main, the main industry not wanting outsiders yet. It is a He-Man woman haters club, only it's not really He-Man woman haters because they're not He-Man. And they don't hate women, they just hate the wrong kind of women. And they don't hate people of color, just the wrong kind of people of color. They're racist when it counts. They're sexist when it counts. Because, you know, there's a cause here. They have to take up the cause. They have to fight the battle on behalf of the cause. And Eric July doesn't fit the mold for the cause. Because. And I think some of that thinking is going into this Rolling Stone article. This is what we're going to talk about today. A lot of different channels are talking about it. I know they're talking about it over at Midnight's Edge right now. This dropped day before yesterday, on the 18th. Tatiana Siegel, the author, exclusive. This is Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone used to be a magazine about music. Just saying. Exclusive. Fake accounts fueled the Snyder Cut online army. That's the headline. The subheadline: A Warner Media report reveals that bots and other inauthentic users bolstered the fan-led campaign for director Zack Snyder's Justice League do-over. Now, having read that, just initial reaction to that headline, I can look at that, and with all of the discussion that we've been seeing and all of the chatter online about how many bots are actually present on Twitter. And remember, they told the government regulatory authorities it was less than 5%. But given how many bots are out there, we've seen it here. We've had bots leave comments in our chat and leave comments on our videos, and we've had messages and... You know, spam bots and porn bots. And hey, we want to, we want you to feature our products. Come and be an ambassador for our channel, yada, yada, yada. And we get new followers from people who have, you know, pictures of pretty girls in their, in their avatars. And there's, they got no followers and they're following five people or whatnot. And there's nothing in the account. And there's clearly bot activity on all the social media platforms. By the way, I don't think any of you are bots. If you're listening, if you're watching, you're here, you're real. I'm real. Unless I'm not. 
All right, getting into this uh, <clears throat> this article here. The setup on this is interesting. Zack Snyder was becoming increasingly agitated. Over the course of several weeks in the spring of 2020, the director repeatedly demanded that the names of two producers, Jeff Johns and John Berg, be removed from his upcoming recut of Justice League, the DC superhero movie that had tanked back in 2017. His high-powered CAA agent... Now remember, the one that tanked in 2017 was the one that Joss Whedon was finally ultimately responsible for. Just keep that in mind. Did we lose our internet? Did we lose did we did we bounce for a second? Hang on. It, we're we're buffering. We're buffering. We're buffering. 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 There it is. Okay. <laughs> it's the bots. Dave says Proud to be a loyal uh, Sci-Fi for Me TV supporter. We, well, we appreciate that very much. Uh, continuing here. <clears throat> now, remember, Joss Whedon was responsible for the Justice League cut that we got in the theaters in 2017. So that's the one that tanked. But in this article, they're connecting that to Zack Snyder. Just keep that in mind. His high-powered CAA agent began calling Warner Bros. They, they don't mention him by name. So there's some anonymity going on here. His high-powered CAA agent began calling Warner Brothers daily to check on why the pair hadn't been excised from the list of credits. Simultaneously, Snyder's wife, Deborah, another producer on the film, started pressing an executive in the studio's story department with the same directive. Snyder admits the couple asked the studio to intervene after a personal plea to Johns and Berg was ignored. On June 26, 2020, Snyder had had enough. According to multiple sources familiar with the matter, we're not going to say who, trust us, Snyder confronted an executive in the studio's post-production department and issued a threat. Quote, Jeff and John are dragging their feet on taking their names off my cut. Now I will destroy them on social media. Unquote. <clears throat> if, okay, folks, this is basic journalism here. If you're going to quote someone, there are some rules. Now, I get it. An anonymous source tells us thing, you know, this goes all the way back to Deep Throat and even even before that, with, you know, with all of the Watergate stuff. If you have an anonymous source and you quote them, you have to you you have to put some of this into context. Somebody here, according to multiple sources familiar with the matter, and then you have a direct quote. Where is that direct quote coming from? Who heard him say that? Who saw him say that? Because if you're reporting Zack Snyder saying these exact words in a quotation, then you probably should attribute that to someone. Maybe. Because otherwise, the credibility of the quote is a little shaky because there's no context. You tell me, according to a bunch of sources that are familiar with them, well, who? Are they in the executive suite at Warner Brothers? Are they people standing outside the Warner Brothers studio lot who heard something from their uncle whose brother was working on a show with the lighting guy who was in this and that and the other? Where does the, where's the context for this quote? I'm not saying he didn't say it. I don't know. But if you're going to sit there and give me group and then give me a quote, where was this said? Where was the meeting? Which executive? Because if, uh, see, according to this report, 
other people are saying Snyder confronted an executive. It's not the executive, the, the, the way this thing reads, the executive is not the one who's saying, well, Snyder came up to me and said this. It's other people saying Snyder confronted so-and-so. But since we don't know the executive what was confronted, we've got no way of following up and say, hey, executive, did Zack Snyder actually come up to you and say this? There's no way to verify this quote. How do we know that Zack Snyder said it? All we've got is Rolling Stone's say-so. According to sources who know. How do we know that? See, I, the, the media in general, especially of late, has come to rely on anonymous sources way too much for my taste. I, I started in radio. I started in news. I have experience in journalism to a certain extent. Not a lot. It's never been my big thing. But if you're going to do the legwork and you're going to do the research, then show your work, right? That's what they say in the math class when they're not talking about sex. Show your work. One plus one plus one plus one, plus one is two, is three, is four. Show me your work. How did you arrive at that answer? But this quote about destroying them on social media is the lead-in. This is the setup for the rest of this. Because here it comes. Continuing from the article. A talk to, I'm, I'm, let, me, let me set this up here. Snyder confronted an executive in the studio's post-production department and issued a threat. Jeff and John are dragging their feet on taking their names off my cut. Now I will destroy them on social media. A toxic social media movement <clears throat> had already been building around the director since at least 2018, spiking with online cries for Warner Brothers to release the Snyder Cut hashtag of Justice League two years later. As Snyder's demands escalated behind the scenes, including for more money to finish his four-hour director's cut of the film for HBO Max and access to intellectual property, so did a flood of attacks aimed at Warner Brothers, calls for boycotts, demands for some executives to be fired, even death threats against them. Fans went after anyone or anything deemed a danger to the so-called Snyderverse, including directors like Adam Wingard, whose Godzilla vs. Kong launched on HBO Max 13 days after Snyder cut and stole some of its thunder. How dare he! And movies like Warner Brother, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, on which Johns was a writer, the onslaught included cyber harassment so severe, Warner Brothers Security Division got involved. A Warner Brothers Discovery spokesperson declined to comment, quote, as this matter predates the current leadership and new company, end quote. So they're basically hiding behind the fact that, hey, that, uh, that wasn't us. That's the old company, didn't have anything to do with us, we don't have any comment on it. Which is smart. I'm, you know, this is this is new regime saying we don't we're not getting involved in this. This is not our fight. Go away. But this whole thing here sets up the toxic fandom narrative that they're about to spin out in the rest of this article. I'm not going to go through the whole thing here because it's it's kind of long. But it says here as the mayhem built. Many insiders question how organic the Snyderverse Legion really was. According to two reports commissioned by Warner Media and recently obtained by Rolling Stone, at least 13% of the accounts that took part in the conversation about the Snyder Cut were deemed fake, well above the 3 to 5% that cyber experts say they typically see on any trending topic. I would love to see that document. I would love to see those reports. Because if Rolling Stone got, got their hands on them, they're out there. Anyone at Warner Brothers who would like to share, my email address is... You can send it to livefromthebunker at sci-fi4me.com. Now, they don't... Uh, they don't cite here... Who... Uh, let me let me look here. Uh, 
uh, because two firms contacted by Rolling Stone that track the authenticity of social media campaigns, Q5ID and Graphica, also spotted inauthentic activity coming from the Snyderverse community. And yet another firm, Aletheia Group, found that the forsnydercut.com domain, which claims to have made the release of the Snyder Cut hashtag go viral in May of 18, and became the landing hub for efforts to bring Snyder back to the helm of the DC Universe, was at least at one point registered to a person who also ran a now-defunct ad agency which promoted its ability to bring, quote, cheap, instant avatar traffic to your website. Now, I don't see here, and I, in reading this article, I don't know that they've named what company actually did the social media audit. It would be interesting to see who actually did the work and what that company's background is, what their connections are to Warner Brothers or DC or, or Universal or, or, or Paramount or anybody. I mean, it, what, what's, their, what's their stake in this? Do they have a stake in it? They probably don't have a dog in the fight, but it would be nice to know that for sure. And look, I know, I'm, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking this thing, and, and this is not my article. I don't know what research has still been left out that's still on the table that they didn't use. And that information could be out there. But it's not in this article. Was that left out on purpose? Or was it left out because you don't know and didn't think to ask? Right? I mean, yeah, Dave's right. Show the, show the chain of custody. Show us what we've got going here and, and how it connects back. Uh, let me go through here. <clears throat> <clears throat> this turns into a hit piece on Zack Snyder. Rolling Stone spoke with more than 20 people involved with both the original Justice League and Snyder's Cut, most of whom believed that the director was working to manipulate the on ongoing campaign. Snyder claims that if anyone was pulling strings on the social media fervor, it was Warner Brothers trying to leverage my fan base to bolster subscribers to their new streaming service. But one source maintains, quote, Zack was like a Lex Luthor wreaking havoc. What source? What's the context for this? Do we know? I mean, the earlier the other uh, earlier quotes is Snyder confronted an executive of the post production department. We don't know who, and we don't know who was reporting that quote. Now we've got another direct quote, but nobody nobody seems to be connected to these quotes. So it goes a little bit through and all of this with the hashtag and and all of the different traffic and the analysis of the stuff and it gets interesting because there's an old play from an old playbook that comes into this as well uh, continuing, in mid-January 21, three months before the Snyder Cut of Justice League was finally released, an Instagram account with the handle Daenerys Illust posted a gruesome image depicting the decapitated heads of John's DC Films president Walter Hamada, former Warner Brothers Pictures Group to chairman Toby Eberick, none of which, none of them are there anymore. Let's see here. After researching online conversations about the Snyder Cut of the Justice League's release, specifically the hashtags Release the Snyder Cut and Restore the Snyderverse on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, analysts detected an increase in negative activity created by both real and fake authors, the report concluded. One identified community was made up of real and fake authors that spread negative content about Warner Media for not restoring the Snyderverse. Additionally, three main leaders were identified within the authors scanned on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, one leader on each platform. Who? Who are they? Identify them. Those, these leaders receive the highest amount of engagement and have many followers, which gives them the ability to influence public opinion. Who? 
What accounts? Who are these leaders? Name them. Identify them. What's their username? What's their handle? Where are they from? Get out of the way, Ed. Rolling Stone asked three other cybersecurity and social media intelligence firms, including Q5ID, to crunch Snyderverse-related data from the months leading up to the Snyder Cut's 2021 release, looking for indications of inauthentic social media activity. Such activity could take a number of forms, including attempts to manipulate discourse involving human-operated networks of inauthentic accounts, or the use of software to automate account posting and engagement activity, often referred to as bots, Q5ID Chief Information Officer and Chief Technology Officer Becky Wanta. This is the first name that we've gotten where anybody has attributed anything to anyone. Says her firm's analysis indicates there's no question that bots were involved. Wanta explains, quote, There are certain patterns that bots give off that we saw here. They arrive at almost the same time in huge numbers and many times the origin of thousands or even millions of messages can be traced to a single source or two. Sometimes they can be traced to unusual servers in remote countries, and their content will be precisely similar. So all of that copy pasta that we see about certain particular topics, certain unmentionable topics... That's the same kind of thing, right? I mean, messages can be traced to a single source or two. Sometimes they can be traced to unusual servers in remote countries. Do you remember seeing a bunch of photographs of all of these walls of iPhones and cell phones and, and, and mobile devices sitting on shelves all connected to computers in places like China and India? And, I don't know. What do I know? Yeah, I'm just Pure coincidence, I'm sure. That that's this. That means a fandom amplified by fake accounts helped shake down a major studio at an ultimate cost to Warner Brothers of more than one hundred million dollars to release a movie that had already bombed years earlier. It bombed not under Zack Snyder's watch. And the only reason look, I'm gonna reiterate, the only reason that we got the Snyder cut in the in, in in any shape or form is because they had HBO Max to sell. And if it and and if it takes a hundred million dollars to make the Snyder cut something that's watchable, that's a hundred million dollars that they're investing in a marketing campaign. That's no different from a, taking out an ad in the Washington Post or the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal and running it for the for the for however long it takes to spend $100,000 or $100 million or $6 million or $20 billion whatever the ad buy number is it's a marketing expense this is a write off because the whole thing was about getting HBO Max subscribers And, and then they get into the history of the Snyder Cut. I don't want to get into that, but it's interesting to note here that according to this report, Joss Whedon was involved a lot earlier than anybody knew at the time. When they announced that Joss Whedon was going to take over for Zack Snyder, he apparently had already been involved in rewrites and was planning reshoots at the same time that Zack Snyder was recutting the movie for Warner Brothers notes and shared universe notes and trying to get it all all put together so to be something that that Warner Brothers people would be would be happy with and the word was it's unwatchable it's unlikable we're going to kill it with fire and we got to do something to save it that's when they brought Joss Whedon in but Whedon was working on it while Zack Snyder was still there and we didn't get an announcement about Whedon's involvement until after Snyder left following the death of his daughter. May, 20, May 22nd, 2017, Snyder announced the news of his daughter's death and his exit from Justice League. 
His wife, Deborah, also said she was taking a break to focus on healing. Quote, in the last two months, I've come to the realization I've decided to take a step back from the movie to be with my family, be with my kids who really need me, Zack Snyder told The Hollywood Reporter. They're all having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. This is two months. He says, the last two months, I've been, I've been going through this. This is while he's fighting Warner Brothers on the cut of his movie. And knowing that Joss Whedon is already there nipping at his heels for this thing. Okay. Uh, da -da -da -da. This goes through the reaction to uh, uh, Justice League, to Whedon's cut, the, the casting, the architecture of the DC Universe, and all this other stuff. Now, after the movie comes out, and it doesn't do well, Around this time, sources say, Snyder sent one of his editors to the studio to retrieve hard drives that contained materials for Justice League. Snyder was asked to return them, considering they were studio property. He balked. Snyder says he was contractually entitled to files connected with the film, that the materials were for, quote, my personal use, and that he was not asked to return them at the time. Security was notified, sources say... But no action was taken. No one expected Snyder to begin tinkering with an alternate cut of the film. Now we come into the Snyderverse army. We want to see Zack Snyder's cut. We didn't like Joss Whedon's cut. And then the hashtag starts going around. And we get, you know, it says here, it's unclear who is precisely behind this. Four participants for, the, for that, that forsnydercut.com site include... <coughs> Excuse me, including a self-identified fan and site founder who purports to be from China named Fiona Zhang. First of all, the grammatical structure of that sentence is atrocious. I am going to be a grammar Nazi Rolling Stone because this says that China is named Fiona Zhang. Four participants, listen, four participants are listed there as its developers comma at least at least they got the right it's in there the possessive not the not the contraction so okay point for that four participants are listed there as its developers including a self-identified fan and site founder who purports to be from china named fiona zing now if i'm going to do this including fiona zhang zing zhang whatever a self-identified fan and site founder who purports to be from China. You've got this dangling qualifier at the end of this thing that this is this is terrible writing. This is terrible grammar here. I this this makes my teeth grind. I I hate reading sentences like this from from professionals. I know it's a nitpick thing, but still, I mean, come on. This is what editors are for. <sighs> anyway, all right. <clears throat> um, goes through the ownership of the uh, thing, and you know the deal with AT and T. All of a sudden, comes in. Kevin Sujahara leaves. The fandom is still looking for a, a recut. You've got the Change.org petition. It, you know this goes through the timeline as as we as most of us are familiar with most of this stuff. Um, uh, DC Entertainment President Diane Nelson deleted her Twitter account in September 2018 after Snyderverse adherents targeted her for merely praising Todd Phillips' Joker, a film that exists outside the Snyder canon. They're, they're trying to make the rabid Snyder fans look extremely rabid. Look at how crazy they are. Uh, they got the publicity stunts. They got the Times Square ad. They've got the plane flying over Comic-Con. We all remember that. Uh, none of the press reports at the time addressed who was footing the bill. Uh, quote, where was the fundraiser? Why didn't we ever see a Kickstarter campaign from the fans? Asks one insider who became skeptical of the grassroots nature of the Snyderverse movement, considering the cost of such marketing endeavors. What insider? Who asked this question? It's a valid question, don't get me wrong. Because I was saying at the time, I was like, who's paying for that plane? Where is that money coming from? Sci-Fi Snipes says, Snyder Cut is only slightly better than the original. Yeah, well, slightly. I... It's like... 
the Snyder Cut, if I can use an ice cream analogy, I like chocolate ice cream myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I prefer chocolate ice cream. I like the darker, rich, fudgy chocolate ice cream. You know, the, the stuff that's really got a taste. And to me, if, if a superhero movie is my chocolate ice cream, Justice League and the Snyder Cut are both sherbet. They're kind of ice cream, but they're not real ice cream. You got lime sherbet, you got orange sherbet, and they're, they're sold in the ice cream stores. But they're not chocolate ice cream. You know? It's like, yeah, okay. But it, this, it, it's a different flavor of superhero movie. And, and for me, I've never enjoyed the dark and gritty and everything's got to be late, late in reality and blah. blah, blah. Uh, I, I've, I've never been impressed with, with Snyder's work anyway. I mean, visually... Visually, as a camera person, as a visual person, as as a as a director of photography, Snyder knocks it out of the park. I mean, the visuals in this stuff on on his films very impressive. No question, it's the same as as uh, the Last Jedi, and I've said the Last Jedi for a while. Last Jedi is gorgeous movie. The cinematography on it is fantastic. The story is crap. Are we going to buffer again? OBS keeps popping up and giving me this disconnected, reconnecting, disconnected, reconnecting. Reconnection successful. Okay, we're going to keep going. I don't know why it's buffering. Maybe it's a bot. <sighs> Continuing from the article. The fandom, which has been dubbed toxic by such outlets as Vanity Fair and Vox, well, there's a ringing endorsement, if I ever heard one. With the latter noting, it has far more in common with abusive right-wing campaigns like Gamergate than with most of mainstream geek culture. There it is. The Snyder Cut is Gamergate. <coughs> I, I honestly, honestly, I wonder how these people sleep at night. Because Gamergate is such, is such a boogeyman for all of these people. I mean, really, it's just how, how. How do they keep going? How do they... How do they continue to, to work and, and live and really... It just... It just I don't know. I, I, just, I, I feel for these people. I really do. I feel sorry for them. Because they are so into this this narrative, this Gamergate narrative, and everything's Gamergate. Everything is, Gamergate is responsible for everything. We were talking about it yesterday a little bit because you know it continues to be out there blamed for everything. The toxic fandom, right? It's all Gamergate. It's all Gamergate. Does that mean everything is Zoe Quinn's fault? Can we can we do that? Can we say that? It's all Zoe Quinn's fault? Now see, they'll, they'll lob this into the middle of the article. Again, without any context, Vox says it's like Gamergate. Alt right wing, you know, abusive right wing campaigns like Gamergate. Where's your homework? Show me your work. 
Vox makes this statement and you're quoting it as if it's gospel and you don't have any any critique or skepticism or irony or anything related to this quote. Vox says they're a right-wing, abusive right-wing campaign like Gamergate, this Snyder Cut people. And it's just laid in there like, well, of course it is. It's a fait accompli. We, we, all, we all know this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? The, uh, the, um, most of the world's ills are on account of Gamergate. Who caused the Black Plague? Gamergate. Gam <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Gamergate killed Jesus. Yeah. Well, maybe. It, see, and that, and that's that's the thing is now we have we have this boogeyman that we can point to forever. I mean, Gamergate. Let you had you had the Sad Puppies campaign. Gamergate. You have Comicsgate. Gamergate. You know, Donald Trump was elected. Gamergate. Hey. Nobody liked Captain Marvel and Brie Larson. Gamergate. Everything. I mean, it's just. It's just interesting, unsurprising, and a little frustrating. So all of the rest of this article goes in about uh, about how Snyder basically worked behind the scenes, sneakily behind everybody's back, putting together the, the Snyder Cut, that infamous, notorious Snyder Cut. And... Uh, and then we get into Joss Whedon's behavior and the accusations against him. I mean, this thing goes goes a lot of different places. Gets into the Ray Fisher stuff. Um, you know, the 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 criticisms of Walter Hamada, uh, who was in charge at the time. And it's it's interesting that the way this article is framed, the way this article is structured. It seems to present the narrative that Snyder was working on this already editing and cutting and planning before Warner Brothers came to him and said, hey, do you want to do this? We've got this HBO Max thing. We think this would be a, a good fit. Let's put this thing together and do this. Because the earlier reports were that Toby Emmerich and whoever else in that entourage went to Snyder. And then they started working on a bunch of this stuff, and, and here we go with HBO Max. And I will, I will contend to my dying day that if we didn't have HBO Max to sell, we wouldn't have the Snyder Cut. It was a marketing effort from the get-go. But the question then is, was the market manipulated? Were people manipulated into this movement in order to get this Snyder Cut out there to sell? I could go even more further conspiratorial and sit there and say that Snyder and Toby Emmerich and Anderson, whoever else, they were all in on it from the beginning. Here's what we'll do. I'll start making noise about the Snyder Cut. You guys put this HBO Max thing together. We can do this and, and make a ton of money. I mean... Sources tell me I can make stuff up. Sources tell me that Zack Snyder was in on it from the very beginning. Toby Emmerich was in on it from the very beginning. Kevin Sujahara. It was all his idea. Right? I mean, anybody can say anything. Sources say. I mean, in the first year of Gamergate, somebody sat there and said on the on the on one of the discussion boards, "Hey, you know what? Why don't we why don't we try to destroy Warner Brothers' efforts to make DC Comics movies for the next ten years? Here's what we'll do: Let's recruit Zack Snyder. I, why not? So all of this stuff, you know, executives leaving and the, the 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 calls for you know people to get fired and all these deals, 
ultimately what this goes into is <clears throat> this feels like a setup for something else coming. It's a, it's one, it's a hit piece on the fandom, you guys. Two, it's a hit piece on Snyder. It's also, and I don't know that they, I don't know that they planned it, but it's also an indictment of social media, which is a good thing. An, an indictment of social media is good because social media is garbage. It's garbage tier garbage, and it needs to all be going away, burning a fire. But it's here. We're stuck with it. You got to find ways to use it without losing your mind. But this goes to the Twitter beef that, that they've got with Elon Musk. Elon Musk comes in and says, I'm going to buy Twitter. Here's $44 million. Twitter says, <laughs> Twitter shareholders went, take the money. So the shareholders went, take the money. And the board of directors went, oh, okay, we'll take the money. And then Elon Musk says, by the way, how many of your users are actual real people? And Twitter blows a gasket. So Elon comes back, oh, yeah, well, maybe, I don't, I don't know. They're saying less than 5% of their traffic is bought. I'm not sure I buy that. So now Twitter is suing Elon Musk, saying, you must buy this company. Right? So now we get into discovery. We'll actually find out whether Twitter was telling the truth on that number of bots and automated AI and all that other stuff accounts. Because that's what they told the U.S. government. And there are people out there that think that Twitter is a big CIA operation anyway, so who knows. But if, if, le if it's less than 5% bot traffic like Twitter claims, okay, that'll come out in discovery. If it's more like 20, 25, 30%, like most people believe, then not only has Twitter lied in their financial disclosures, but they've also lied to the government regulatory agencies. Now they're left leaning, so you know, with the with the with the current administration in the White House, asterisk, they, they might not suffer any consequences. But the current administration in the White House, asterisk, is not going to be there very much longer. <clears throat> and Congress is about to flip. So you know that one of the first things that's going to happen is going to be hearings on social media over Section 230. That's coming. Big ones. This is this is this this Rolling Stone article feels like something else is coming. This feels like a first volley. Not necessarily a trial balloon because a lot of a lot of times you'll see something like this with politics especially is you get an article somewhere that kind of floats an idea out there to see if it takes, right? And, and and they judge the reaction. They measure the reaction. What do people think about that article? Well, they they either latched onto it and they blew it up and, and it and it and it did really well traffic wise. Or there was a lot of negative response. So based on the response, that determines if they're gonna do more or less. This feels like something like that. This feels like the beginning of something else. And yes, I know, we had the rewriting Ripley hit piece on the Star Wars fandom. And that's that's part of that whole Gamergate, alt-right, toxic, you're all Nazis and, and racists and homophobes and bigots and, and, and sexists and whatever. That's That's been out there. But this is the beginning of trying to discredit fandom in general as not even being genuine people. It's not enough that you're racist, bigots, homophobes. But now we add the layer that some of you might not even be real. We're, this, is, this is the begin. I think. This is just me. This is off the cuff. This is gut reaction. This feels like 
the beginning of an effort to delegitimize any fan that's critical of the accepted norm, standard, mainstream, everything. If you don't like something, it's not going to be enough, you know, you don't like it, Charlie's Angels. You know, Charlie's Angels failed because you're all sexist. You know, like Eric said, yeah, we're all bots. <coughs> um, Sci-Fi Snob says there's a comic convention coming to Edmonton in September. Any plan, any plays to cover it? Or any plans to cover it? We're, we're not going to cover it. But if you want to go and call in, we can talk about that. We can do a live call in from Edmonton. I can see if I can get you a media pass or something. Let's talk. Let's talk. But this this feels like the beginning of something to delegitimize fans. If you don't like something, we'll call you a name. But now, if you don't like something, is because you've been programmed. You're an algorithm. You're an AI. You're a machine language. You're a bot. You're not even real. So you don't count. This is this is more unpersoning those who don't agree with us. Eric says, same stuff that happened in video games and comics is happening with pro wrestling. It's happening everywhere. It's happening... It's happening in trading card games. It's happening in knitting. Knitting! Knit one, pearl two, or whatever, however that is. Knitting! This social, the social media cancel culture crap is in even that hobby. I think, uh, I don't know, I, Friday Night Tides was not the first where that, that started. I don't know if it was Jeremy DeQuartering. I know Carrie Smith over at Deprograms has talked about it. She's talked to people that have been in the middle of it. Knitting. But yeah, it's everywhere. You know, we talked yesterday, uh, we, were, we were talking off the air with some people here about uh, uh, the, the advertising campaign that Gillette had in the middle of the Me Too movement. And here's this example, and here's this example, and here's this thing with all of these, all of these marketing campaigns and, and, and social, social construct virtue signaling. And I had no idea that any of this was going on. Look, People live under a rock. A lot of people just want to be left alone. A lot of people don't don't want to know everything that's going on in the world. They're not aware. It doesn't directly affect them until it does. And then it's too late. I had no idea this was going on. Well, are you watching the news? Well, I watch the news. What do you watch? MSNBC? That's why. They're not telling you any of this stuff. CNN won't tell you any of this stuff. There's, there's some criticism that Fox has been telling you some of this stuff. And I'm not saying there's any one particular outlet out there that's got, got a, a, a monopoly on truth. There's not. There's spin everywhere. But if all you're relying on is the leftist progressive media outlets from the last 30 or 40 years that have said, hey, we've got a monopoly, and now suddenly where's our monopoly? Why isn't anybody looking at our monopoly? Well, they're all on YouTube looking at us. Because we look at as much of the truth as we can find, when we can find it, and when we have opinions about things, we'll share those opinions. And if you don't agree with us, that's fine. We're not going to call you names. We're not going to sit there and say, how dare you disagree with us? You must not be real. That's where we are right now. And I think this article from Rolling Stone is the beginning of an attempt. And it's not going to succeed. We know that because nothing else they've attempted has succeeded. And I think this is going to... You watch. You watch. You know what's going to happen. This, because, because I'm already seeing chatter about it. Tug's talked about it. 
this is going to lead into Johnny Depp. <clears throat> a, a, an, a, a, an angle on this is going to be that Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp supporters are all bots. And all of his support and all of all of his you know the, all of the encouragement and all the people that are sitting there saying I stand with Johnny Depp all of those people are fake, and there's not really any kind of a movement to to support Johnny Depp. Nobody really believes him. That's coming. That's going to be an outgrowth of this. Stop says mine is the only valid opinion. The rest of you are wrong. I could say the same thing. And yeah, Eric, yeah, Amber, Amber Heard's PR team has, has already started that. By the way, oh, speaking of which, speaking of which, <clears throat> okay, so uh, Tug posted, <clears throat> there's a company called Bot Sentinel, which is doing hit pieces on anybody that supports Johnny Depp, which include, and they've, they've gone after Tug. And uh, Bot Sentinel for however however much whatever work that they do uh they they look at this kind of stuff and they categorize social media activity into four different categories they have normal they have satisfactory they have disruptive they have problematic uh and tug apparently now is in the the disruptive category when he was when he was not earlier because now bot sentinel has tug on the radar we, however, happy to report, are in the normal category. We're at 10% of whatever it is this thing, their analysis is. So we're normal. It's nice to know. <coughs> so there we are. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I look at all of this. Yeah, Cam, we're not trying hard enough. I I don't know that I want to try that hard to <laughs> to really change that uh, really because we we had we had the potential we broke the internet at one point we did we broke Twitter with the whole uh, Gygax thing but you know that's that's water under the bridge that's old news Twitter forgets uh, un until until they don't forget because they need to remember something in order to smear you with it. Uh, I'll leave you with this. This is a, a little bit of fun, and uh, I'll, I'll give a hat tip to RJ over at Critical Blast for, for posting this. This is, this is over at Cora. And, folks, have your tongue firmly planted in cheek as I read this because this is one of those uh, question-and-answer advice columns. The question... <coughs> I just found out that my uncle is also my dad's brother. What will this do to our family dynamic? Now, the author of the article, Bruno Walter Sazi, Picasso with words, he calls himself, and, and, and again, again, tongue planted firmly in cheek for this, folks. This is a very serious situation. Cases like this are usually hard to deal with, but lucky for you, my friend, I was in a pretty similar situation two years ago. Mine was a bit different in a way, but yet so similar to yours. In summer 2018, I found out that my aunt, not aunt to my American friend, was in fact my mother's sister, and oh boy, did the entire family freak the F out. Yes, we all did. Fortunately, there's a few things that could be done to preserve your family's chemistry and dynamic. One, I would recommend you log off the internet because you obviously have too much time. Maybe you could do something with it. Read a book. Number two, refer to one. Edit. Thanks for the upvotes. Also, thanks to Emmanuel de Pombo for translating this answer to Italian. In addition, I'd like to apologize to those that missed the sarcasm seminar I hosted before answering this question. So for those of you who have just found out that your uncle is your brother's brother or your aunt is your mother's sister, you have my deepest and sincere sympathies, thoughts and prayers. We'll get through this, though. We'll survive because we're tough. Because we're real. We're real people with real feelings. 
That's it. Tomorrow on the program, Declan Finn will join us. He's got some new books out, so we're going to talk about that. And then, of course, we've got Good Morning Multiverse on the weekend. I'm going to go take a nap. Remember, there are four lights. Bye, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.